Dr. Payne Show, one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U is the number to get a hold of any time. How you doing, pal? Everything good? good? Yourself? Yeah. we got a guest today. We do. Wow. It's like uh, 640 nepotism here. we got uh, Savannah Markin here from the Insurance and Injury Law Show, also on the weekends here on 640. You guys are going to uh, hash it back and forth for a bit, but we always uh, get the uh, show started with the week that was, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah Savannah and I will go back and forth on some interesting things, obviously, with a lot of our listeners um, that are suffering with different injuries. They may have legal claims associated with those, uh, so we thought it would be a good idea to bring yeah. them in and just get some advice on some of those issues. But yes, we do always start with uh, kind of some clinical cases. An interesting one that I had this week that I wanted to go over, this was nothing where I actually, usually the, I would say the vast majority of my cases are people who are coming in and are not really sure what's wrong with them right. and they're trying to figure it out and they're looking for me, to me and my team for that help. This person already knew what their problem was but needed someone to help gauge it, so I'll take you through the problem. This person is um, 64 years old, male, um, and has a five-year history of multiple sclerosis and also a six-year history or seven-year history, I can't remember now, of diabetes. And his primary complaints are sensory issues. So uh, obviously most people uh, understand that multiple sclerosis tends to cause neurological deficits, Mm -hmm. uh, but diabetes as well can lead to peripheral neuropathy, which can lead to different types of neurological conditions, specifically, usually sensory loss in the hands and in the feet. So his problem, even on the uh, on the MS side, when someone who has MS, some people may have more uh, motor symptoms where they actually have problem moving limbs, etc. And other people may have more problems on the sensory side. So his problems are all on the sensory side. Uh, from a motor perspective, it's not, not that great, but also um, not very bad. And so his problem is compounded because he's got two things that potentially affect the peripheral nervous right. system being the MS and the diabetes. And so the reason why he came in to see me was simply because he feels that he's not being managed and monitored the right way with his current team. Um, he basically said to me, you know, I go to my family doctor and this family doctor is very, very dismissive of me and kind of just keeps telling me, ah, it's part of, you know, the st- stuff you got going on and it's related to your age and just dismisses it. Um, and then even with the neuro- neurological appointments that he has, they're just so far apart that he feels like he's getting worse quicker. He has a primary progressive form of MS, which does tend to progress uh, quicker than something like the relapse remitting form. And so he was basically saying, you know, I need somebody to help me gauge this. And so someone that can kind of look at me every few months. And this is essentially one of the things that I do do with people, people who have issues. It's always very, very important to have baseline testing. Now, baseline meaning when I see this person, the reality of his baseline right now is also going to be determined by his overall condition. Um, But, you know, even with young athletes, we do a lot of baseline testing around concussion because then that way we know what are we getting them back to what was their starting level so I see this person on this day and I went through a full neurological um, exam with him to essentially outline where the deficits were from a neurological standpoint and obviously making good detailed clinical notes so that we can follow up um, you know every three four months whatever it is just to see if things progress because you'll be able to pick a lot of that stuff up on um, physical exam you don't the MRIs are going to be important to look for more demyelin lesions throughout the the brain and the spinal cord but it's also important do those things and I've always said this do the things you see on an image correlate with what you're seeing in the patient because there's a lot of people out there with MS that have so many demyelinating lesions throughout their nervous system but then their symptoms aren't that bad and then there's other people who have really bad symptoms but there's not that much demyelination and that goes consistent with a lot of the things that we've talked about where 
you know, someone who has back pain but doesn't have degenerative disc disease and versus other people who sometimes on x-ray have very, very severe degenerative disc disease have no back pain. So you always need to correlate. Um, so we went through a good neurological exam with him, made a detailed um you know, initial consult and notes uh, outlining exactly where his deficits were. And that way now the plan is to uh, monitor him going forward and see if from a symptomatic standpoint, he worsens and if those things are objectified in the clinical exam, specifically the neurological exam. What, and so I wanted to bring that up just so the people out there that do have issues, if, if you're having problems having them monitored, we can help you with that. Cool. Me and my team, we can absolutely help you with that. But another thing that was interesting uh, in this case, and I guess this would be a good thing, maybe Savan could chime in uh, on this, was he said to me, the, the, the majority of his problems are on the sensory side, as I mentioned, and yeah. it affects his balance. He he can't, you could tell he's got a problem from the minute he walks into the office. And he said to me that he asked his family doctor uh, a couple of months ago for an accessible parking permit because he just says, you know, I try to park far and get my exercise, but lately my balance has been off and just can't do it. Just can't do it. Yeah. And he went back to the doctor and to his family doctor and basically said, you know, I, I'd like to have this accessible parking permit just, you know, because... I need it, essentially. This is a person who absolutely needs it. And his doctor basically said to him, well, you know, the ministry comes down on us really hard and we shouldn't really over, you know, overprescribe these things to people because a lot of people don't need it. And so he dismissed them. And it's like, well, why does that matter? You know, fine, yeah. don't give it to people who don't need it. But this person yeah, absolutely, no absolutely needed it. No. And I right away printed out the form and filled it out for him because it was just, I, I gave him a permanent one. Like, this is MS. He's not going to get better. This isn't an issue where, you know, let's reevaluate in, in 12 months and maybe all of a sudden your balance is 100% better. No, this is primary progressive of MS. This is a person who absolutely needs an accessible parking permit. And I just think it's absolutely horrendous that a family doctor out there would have denied this individual that. We'll take a, a short break. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U is the number. Anytime, get that free consultation happening. We'll talk about that as well after a short break. And info at paincarecanada.com through email as well. The Dr. Pain Show continues. Talk radio, AM 640. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou D R L O U is the number. Info at paincarecanada.com. I just wanted to mention before we continue with uh, Savan here uh, this morning. Free consultation. We always talk about that. Always. Right? What just, is it? Just simply give me a call. The one eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou number. You call. Hit option two. You're going to leave me a voicemail. Um, give me your name, your number, a quick history. You don't have to go into detail because I'm going to call you about what your issue is. Um, I'm going to call you back within 24 to 48 hours, depending on how busy I am. And we could just simply go through uh, what your concerns are. And if I think that this is something that I'm, me or someone in my team is able to assess and help manage, then I'll make that recommendation. Right. Sometimes people call and it's just a matter of, it sounds like you're on the right path. So continue down that path. Um, or, you know, maybe you should go see your family doctor about this first and obviously if there's anything that's a medical emergency you shouldn't be calling Dr. Lou you should be calling 911 that's right. that's another thing uh, but going back to the case with the gentleman with the accessible parking um, Savan is there you know I, I'm sure you've maybe seen this as well uh, with the people that you deal with where doctors sometimes um, don't want to help out with these people's care and for whatever reason they're afraid of the ministry or someone coming down on them because you know a certain medication is overprescribed but 
I believe it's a disservice, obviously, to turn away people who actually need something. Um, and in this person's case with the accessible parking, uh, this person absolutely needed it. It was very relevant in my exam, and, and I gave it to him, and I'm not really sure why someone else wouldn't. Do you, do you encounter this stuff? We do. We, we absolutely do. And, you know, I, I will tell you as I'm listening to you, you know, when I handle cases, whether they're car accidents, LTD claims, whatever it is that I'm handling from the legal side, there is a partnership that goes on between the lawyer, myself, my team, and the clinic right. and the doctors. And it's extremely frustrating sometimes having certain doctors not only not cooperating, but standing in the way. Yeah. Just stonewall you. Yeah. Just stonewall. Yeah. And yeah. it's too, I mean, and it's not as though this is something that they have to pay for themselves. Right. It's not something, I mean, you're asking them to help their patients, right? That's what they patient, the patient, the, the patients are, are asking for. And, and, you know, that's the difference between you and the way you handle uh, the people you deal with and a lot of the doctors out there. Uh, so kudos to you. I mean, you know, that's the difference between somebody who wants to help an individual mm-hmm. and someone who just goes about their day, you know, just going through the motions. Yeah. So there's nothing legally that you can do except for advocate for yourself. Right. And, and you know, the other thing is I, I've met doctors who sometimes are apprehensive to fill out long forms that could mm-hmm. take a very long time. For anyone who's ever seen an accessible parking permit application, the first page is completely filled out by the, the person themselves, their name, their phone number, their address, those relevant things. And the second page for the doctor is literally two check marks in different areas uh, and your signature and your stamp. Like it, it's not something that wow. you could say, oh, well, I'm, I can't get to this Give right now. Week. Yeah, because this it's literally something yeah. that you can do in that moment in front of the patient. Um, and again, I, I don't think this should be be abused and people that don't need it because that's another problem for sure. But I, you know, this is another issue with the whole opiate crisis and obviously being in pain management and the physicians that I work with. This is a big issue because they're coming down on let's get rid of using opiates. But some people, that's all that really works for them at this point. And it's kind of the idea that yes, we should be using the opiates where opiates are needed, but not necessarily saying no one should ever use opiates again, because that just doesn't make sense. You are literally um, taking something away from someone who's been able to, something from someone that's been able to help manage their pain. And I have so many patients that come in and say, you know, I can't get the medication that I need. And I was fine. I'm, I'm not an addict. I'm a functioning human being. I just use this because it helps me to manage my pain. And now all of a sudden I'm being told that I can't have yeah. this. And, it, and it's completely wrong for people to, and practitioners to, um, you know, generalize on a patient basis, um, based on everything else that's going on. It should be relevant to that patient for sure. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at paincarecanada.com. Since we have uh, Savannah here for the morning, let's talk a little bit about uh, injuries, results of car accidents and slip and falls. For right? sure. It's getting yeah. that time of year. Yeah, it's, it's that time of the year. Yeah. And, and, you know, the definitely all always spine-related complaints uh, tend to usually be involved in most types of car accidents or slips and falls. Um and then you get into sprain strains of other areas. Then depending on the severity of these things, um, you can get into fractures and tears in muscles. Obviously a big component around uh, motor vehicle accidents um, and even slips and falls for that case is is some type of trauma to the brain, uh, something that could be as serious maybe as a hemorrhage or maybe something like a coma or sorry, not concussion, a coma, concussion yeah. uh, that is not necessarily as objective obviously as a, as a brain hemorrhage or something like that. But all of these things are going to affect people and we see uh, a whole host of people who suffer uh, from car accidents and slip and falls and they come to us for the care and one of the things that you know that I 
struggle with sometimes is I mention to these people, hey, because they'll present to us usually first, uh, especially if it's nothing that's very, very severe. They're just looking for some help. And I will usually recommend to them, hey, you need to get a lawyer involved here. Um, And for whatever reason, I'm not really sure, but sometimes people feel like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's bad karma. Yeah, the L word. Yeah, scared of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, no, that's bad karma. I don't want to sue anybody and like all of these things. It's like, yeah, but this is your right. Why wouldn't you want to get this? And not only that, but what if you don't recover well? What if this yeah. creates a long-lasting problem? What do you do? So I think when we come back from the break, I really want Savan to um, really touch upon this and and the importance of why a lawyer on your side uh, while after a car accident or a disability claim or a slip and fall, why that's so extremely important. Because I advocate it to my patients. And again, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now, they just feel like they don't want to. They, yeah. they, they don't want to go that route and they don't really understand how that can maybe block them in the future. So we'll touch on that when we get back. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, and info at paincarecanada.com. Get that free consultation happening. Contact Dr. Lou. Lots more of the Dr. Payne Show. Short break coming up right here. Talk Radio, AM640. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, info at paincarecanada.com if you want uh, some more information via Email Savannah Markin here from the Insurance and Injury Law Show, also on 640. A lot of confluence between you two, one being an you know, insurance lawyer, injury lawyer, and you running a clinic. I mean, you guys are always chatting back and mm-hmm. forth, right? For sure, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, again, we thought it would be uh, a very good idea. We've been on each other's shows, and you know, Savan's audience uh, sometimes need to he- needs to hear the healthcare side, but equally, the audience that listens to me uh, some now- mm-hmm. sometimes needs to hear the legal side of things. And before we went to break, I was mentioning that a lot of times with patients that I have that have been involved in uh, different types of car accidents, slip and falls, and I recommend getting legal counsel. Uh, there's an apprehension, and I'm not really sure why. And a lot of the times, I for whatever reason, I hear that that's bad karma, or I don't really want to go down that road. And can you just go into why it's so very important to have that legal counsel on your side? Absolutely. So first of all, you're right, it's extremely common. I mean, first and foremost, you should be focusing on trying to get better. That's why they come to you. And that makes sense. That's Mm -hmm. natural. The, The risk of not calling us or not emailing us or not contacting a lawyer in general is that you don't know what your legal rights are. Remember, uh, if somebody caused an accident and as a result of that, you were injured, by law, you are entitled to compensation. Right. Okay, so it's not you trying to uh, squeeze the system or you know trying to uh, get money that's not rightfully yours. It's no different than if you were to be let go from your job, you're entitled to severance. It's the same, uh, same principle. Now, the risk of not getting uh, legal advice, not necessarily hiring a lawyer, but not getting legal advice right. as soon as possible is that you may miss a limitation period. Right, you may not be able to recover after a certain period of time, whether it's a disability claim, car accident claim, slip and fall, whatever it is. So just getting the information, which by the way is free, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about consulting Dr. Google, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, which everyone does, you know, the law is, is very uh, fluid. It changes all the time. It's extremely important to get the necessary legal advice. And by the way, many people who contact us are not the individuals who actually suffered the injury. It's the family, yeah. it's the friends, right, people yeah. who are concerned, yeah. right? So don't bury your head in the sand. It's no different than not seeing, not seeking medical advice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not going to go away. Right. Uh, you have to deal with it. You have to take care of it. So knowledge is power. Right. And you know, one of the other things that I, and I, I totally agree with that. And, um, 
sometimes I've had people who in the beginning say, no, I don't want to get my legal advice. I don't want to get a lawyer involved. Um, then all of a sudden, the reality of what I told them could happen, which is maybe you don't get better because you you know, also have another comorbidity or whatever reason. There's a whole multitude of reasons why someone maybe doesn't get better. Um, and then all of a sudden, the insurance company comes back and says, hey, um, that's it. You're done treatment. And the, the patients turn to me and say, well, I still need treatment. I don't feel any better. And it's like, well, that's why I mentioned get a yeah. lawyer in the beginning because I, that I, I mean there's there's only so much that I can do my scope is as a healthcare professional is to provide advice I, I'm not there to fight insurance companies is it ever too late for them to if they get to that point can they still contact you at that point or is there that limitation that you were just speaking about they should always always contact me as soon as possible right. but if you're one of those people who waited mm-hmm. right and now the funds ran out or they cut you off which by the way insurance companies do all the time right. it, you know still come and speak with us because maybe you're not beyond the limitation period maybe we can do something mm-hmm. you know the key thing is not to make the mistakes along the way that's the reason why we want to give you that advice for free by the way mm-hmm. uh, but you know if you're in that situation and you know you don't know what to do contact us because maybe first of all you're not out of time and secondly even if you are sometimes there are exceptions right exceptions in the law that we can utilize to get you back on track right yeah and i think that's and i think savan highlights a very important point that in the beginning, even if you're apprehensive, it's it costs you nothing to call someone like Savan and just get that advice. Just you know, and and the other thing is here from from my perspective, from a healthcare professional, I've dealt with a lot of personal injury firms out there. There's the same as there's good and bad clinics. There's good sure. and bad firms. That that is a hundred percent. And the reason why I bring someone like Savan and his team here is because I can trust that they're the right people. If you, if you need to talk to somebody, it's early in whatever's happened just call them just have a conversation you're not there's nothing like you said savan they're not they don't have to sign on with you they can just get their advice if they like what they hear they can go if they choose not to but it, it, you lose nothing in that first phone call just to get your rights absolutely there's no contract that's put in front of you there's nothing oftentimes it's a phone call it's an email i got a ton of email even this morning i was mm-hmm. getting emails and right. i respond within minutes yeah you know i mean for me i don't have to diagnose you you know the, the, the way that you have to do so yeah. uh, for me i'm just asking for a few key pieces of information and then I can tell you what your legal rights are and that's it and yeah. at that point you can make a decision how you want to proceed uh, do you want to get more information it's really up to you mm-hmm. but at that point you have the power to make the decision on how to go about yeah. your uh, compensation well, I think a lot, a lot of people too they don't realize we would everybody in this room but a lot of the times that people will, will contact you and they, they assume right away oh they're going to sign you up you, how many people call you and say you don't need me you're well, good you don't uh, need me yeah ex- in fact I had one this morning right. uh, you know that was asking about disability tax credits mm-hmm. you know I, I had a lawyer blah 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 and I said I, I emailed back and I said you don't need a lawyer yeah. don't pay a lawyer for this you okay. know I mean if you don't need this then I'm gonna tell you you don't need this if you have no rights I'm gonna tell you you have no rights yeah. but oftentimes they contact me when it's too late exactly yeah. what you yeah. said and, and and that that same point goes with me as well for people who are listening but it's it's very similar just call me get the advice there's you know a lot of the time, I, a, a high percentage, I'm not sure, but I just tell people you you don't need anything else. You're down. You're doing the. Ex- I had a person that called me the other day with, um, you know, some injury that she sustained, and she's being referred to a neurologist, orthopedic surgeon, and is not sure. And I said, hey, you're covered. You're you're on the right track. Yeah. Whatever it is, you're on the right track. There's nothing else that can be added to this. So, and again, I think that you know when Savan says that, when I say that, I think that's very important that you deal with a professional who's not just looking to. Close 
close a deal, but just really looking yeah. to give the right advice to people. More coming up, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. That is the number. The email is info at paincarecanada.com. It's the Dr. Pain Show Talk Radio, AM 640. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U Savannah Tamarkin from the Insurance and Injury Law Show is here this morning as well. Spread the knowledge. Good to have you guys on. You guys together should just do a show together <laughs> yeah. all the time because there's so much cross pollination yeah, sure. here. You yeah. can talk well, about maybe it for that's hours, a good idea, right, John? We'll cut you out and then we'll yeah, do it together. We don't really cut need John out. at this point anymore. Then <laughs> I don't know. Put that to a well, vote. I think at this point, he, I think at this point, he knows as much as we do. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's. We need Leorn here for employment yeah, law right. too. Then we've got it covered. Yeah, he's, right? he's the jack of all trades. That's here, it. For sure. That's it. So, uh, car accidents again, big yep. thing between the two of you. For right? sure. One one of the things again that I I, I really want to bring up, and it, it actually saddens me to have to bring up this type of stuff, but I do want people to be aware of this stuff. And, and I'll preface it again by saying there's good and there's bad in every single profession in every single uh, type of business. A very sad thing that I've seen in, in my years around um, people going for therapy with uh, with regards to their car accidents, things like that, is that sometimes there's these side deals made that, uh, you know, don't worry, it, it's all about the money instead of actually getting better. And so it becomes a thing of, you know, just come into the clinic, sign this, say that you were here today. And, you know, we're going to say that you were here three times this week and three times next week, but you're never actually really there getting the treatment. Um, and all you're trying to do is really build a claim. And now this goes beyond just number one being wrong because um, you're not going to get better in that instance. If you're not actually following through with treatment, I'm not really sure how someone can expect to get better. You also are now bordering on fraud, right? Like not just you, the person, but you know, the clinic that's involved, the professional, potentially the lawyer, if they know about this. And I'm sure Savannah, there's not only are there clinics that encourage this, there's also lawyers that encourage this. I've had certain people call me and, and say, this is how we can do deals. And this is how much money we give back to the person wow. because they're valued this much. And it's like, I'm not really sure why this even happens. It, it all becomes a way of just scamming the system for, you know, the mighty dollar. But at the end of the day, these are people that have been hurt in car accidents and, and, you know, they need to get better. And all you're doing is making them a paycheck for the clinic, for the lawyer, and potentially, you know, for themselves too. But uh, I'm not really sure why professionals get involved in this type of stuff. And Savannah, I just wanted your take on, you know, from, from my perspective, I do think it's prevalent. I've heard of a lot of people. In fact, we have sometimes people who walk into some of our clinics who just flat out ask to say, hey, I was in a car accident. Um, if I come here, will we be splitting the money of the accident? I've had p- p- practitioners Jeez. tell me that that happens. And it's like, no, you can come here. We can get you the care that you deserve, um, but we're not going to be doing any of that stuff. So do you, do you see this as well, Savannah? Yes, I do. And, and you know, I, I can tell you, or for the listeners out there, that what you see in Hollywood, in the movies, many of those things actually happen. Yeah. Uh, with insurance companies, with, with clinics, with lawyers, it's a, it's a very shady business, which is why as lawyers, personal injury lawyers, we get a bad rap because of a few bad apples. Uh, but I can tell you this. I, I remember I used to be a defense lawyer. I used to work for insurance companies. Insurance companies know they know which clinics are quote-unquote bad, mm-hmm. which ones are on their naughty list, okay, and which ones are legit. And, you know, believe it or not, uh, Luigi, I had clinics contact me. In fact, that happens, I would say, about four or five times a year, <laughs> contacting me saying, I'm on that bad list. The insurance company's <laughs> not paying anything. What can I do? Y- y- and, y- you know, my response is, I can't do anything for no. you because y- there's usually a reason. Now, from a legal perspective, if you go to these clinics and get treatments, even if you have a legitimate claim, 
right? Even if you are legitimately injured by virtue of going to those clinics and then filing a legal claim, you are now associated with those clinics. So the insurance companies are going to be very skeptical of your injuries, of your credibility. So you have to be extremely careful which clinics you are going to. And again, that goes to you know the whole area of trust, and that goes to the whole area of getting the best care possible. Stay away from yeah. all those tainted places. For sure. And you know, a big thing I think is if you get that gut instinct, if you go to a clinic or you go to speak to a personal injury lawyer after an accident, you have a gut instinct that just doesn't yeah, your feel well. Sense says this ain't, this yeah. ain't on the up and up. I've had yeah. some of my patients who are good patients who, for whatever reason, went to maybe a, a lawyer that they had heard of from a friend, um, and then they'll come back and they'll say to me, you know. I was hurt in a car accident, my low back hurts, nothing major, small type of injury. I assess it. I determine, yeah, this is nothing major. Um, but meanwhile, they're dealing with this lawyer and then they're coming back sometimes and they're saying, you know, the, the lawyer's telling me that, like, I should say that I have nightmares and all this stuff because they want to create a psychological issue, which obviously Savan can touch on this more. You know, it's it's very easy to objectify if something is fractured. You take an x-ray, there if there's is. a fracture, there's a fracture. However, once you start bordering on the psychosocial issues around pain management, that's much, much harder to objectify and it's very subjective to the person. And I have people coming in saying, you know, my lawyer's been telling me that I I should be saying that I can't work, but I don't want to go off of work and all of these things. And it's like, hey, that's the wrong type of lawyer to have. And this is exactly why, again, I want to bring someone like Savannah onto the show because this is a person that I would trust that if, if you're listening to me, you've been hurt in an accident, you need a lawyer, you should be going to Savannah and his team because I, I, I'm going to assume I can guarantee that you won't be telling them. Better call things. Saul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better call Saul, exactly. No, I, 100%. And again, the same thing goes with, with clinics. The same thing. I mean, if I tell somebody to go to you, to see you, it's because I trust that you're going to take care of them. I mean, it's my word. It's my reputation that's on the line. Mm-hmm. And you know, within the legal communities, lawyers have a reputation as well. Right. Right. Very, very important. And so the insurance lawyers know that when we represent someone, it's because there is a legitimate claim out there. Right. And, and you're right. I've had people come to me who have lawyers, and those lawyers are telling them to do certain things which are plainly illegal. Yeah. Wow. You cannot yeah. lie, yeah. right? You can Aside from the moral and ethical aspects, right. you just you, you should not lie. You're gonna get caught. And I'm telling you that as someone who worked for insurance companies, you will get caught. Don't even go there. And if the lawyer is telling you to lie, very very bad sign. Yeah. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada dot com. More Doctor Pain Show coming up. Talk radio AM six forty. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada dot com for contact. Uh, Savannah Tamarkin from the Insurance and Injury Law Show joining the show today because there's a lot of uh, stuff that both you guys uh, deal with at the same time, right? We'll talk a little more about that getting into clinics and possibly you know making up stuff, whether it's the patient's you know objective or not. Sometimes that happens, right? Yeah, for sure. And th- and this could be you know I also run a medical assessment business where we provide independent evaluations to both lawyers, insurance companies when it's required in these. T- types of uh, of accidents where there's a third-party payer involved. Um, and one of the things that I can tell you is sometimes you'll be working with someone, and it may very well be the clinic, it might be the lawyer, it could be everybody on that same page, or you, the person, think that you can somehow go into an assessment and be smarter than the assessor and fake something. And so, you know, you've maybe been coached a little bit on, you know, you got to really present like this is a disc herniation, and here's what I want you to do. The one thing that I can tell you is... 
you would have to have the equivalent amount of knowledge and clinical experience as that person assessing you in order to actually be able to right. trick them. Like, let's be honest here. These are people, these are physicians, doctors, chiropractors, whoever, people that have gone to school, studied this stuff for 8, 10, 12, some specialties, 14 years. You are not going to be able to hear something for five minutes or read something on Wikipedia or Couple talk notes to your scratched on a napkin and think <laughs> that you're going to be able to fool yeah. these people. It just does not happen. And in fact, you're better off going there with the extent of your injury, whatever it is, and that's going to bode better for you than if you go there and you try to fake it. We look for things that are called inorganic signs. So we can tell if someone is doing something that doesn't really make sense that, you know, physiology and anatomy and neurology, whatever it may be, don't really present that way. It doesn't present that way. And we know that. Um, The other thing that's very important is there's something that these people forget. They think that they're only being assessed during the point when they're in the room. There's something called casual observation. And casual observation means if I go call uh, my patient in the waiting room and they're sitting down, And, uh, you know, I see them get up and I get them and they walk over to me properly. But then we get in the room and I say, okay, I'm going to assess your gait. I need you to walk back and forth to the wall. And all of a sudden that gait pattern change. Well, come on. What really happened? Like nice. you, you can pick this stuff up. It's like, you know, sometimes I'll even do things where you can see someone sitting in a chair. They're absolutely fine. Um, and then you get them, maybe a low back complaint. You get them in the office and you say, okay, I need you to bend down and touch your toes. Well, I can't do that. Well, what do you mean you can't do that? You were just in a flex position sitting down. At least show me that you can try. And so you can right away tell the difference between a person who is trying to amplify whatever it is. These people may very well have pain and may very well have a limitation. They're just trying maybe to amplify it um, and make it seem greater because they think that that will be better for them in their claim. And I can just tell you from the healthcare perspective, you're not fooling anyone. And I'm sure Savan can touch on that. The fact that from a legal perspective, you're probably doing something very, very wrong. That's probably not going to help your case. No, it's not going to help your case at all. And again, it all comes down to credibility. Yeah. I mean, it's not difficult to figure out if somebody is not being credible. And, and, you know, from a legal standpoint, when we look at reports, doctor's reports, clinic reports, we are looking for validity testing. Mm-hmm. We're looking to see what the assessment is of the validity of the, st- of the, the, the uh, test results. And, you know, again, you can be shooting yourself in the foot. And you're going to have lawyers out there who are going to tell you to fake certain things. You have to be careful. It's going to torpedo your case, which means you're not going to get the money that is owed to you by law at the end of the day because you lied. Right. Yeah. And and I think uh, for sure, this is so, so important that if you're listening and I see this all the time, don't exaggerate your injuries. Just just be the person that you are. That's going to be, I've, I've seen people who from a functional perspective, when I've assessed them, there may not be necessarily anything wrong from a functional perspective. And again, we started this by saying that functional things are much easier to objectify because if someone can only bend 25%, I could put a number to that. But when someone says, hey, I have pain, but full function, that doesn't necessarily mean that your, 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 your case is garbage. You can still have full function and yet have extreme levels of pain. That's just the reality of the way pain works. And any good physician, any good assessor knows this and they'll divulge into other things that they can, you can start to see patterns, right? People who have depression tend to have higher pain levels, poor sleep tend to have higher pain levels. All these things can, um, you know, be, be assessed during that mm-hmm. assessment. And you're not, you're not, again, you're not going to be able to fool whoever this assessor is and just lying about these things is just simply wrong. And it's also from another perspective, sometimes when you lie too much, you start to believe your lie. Sure. You actually create pain for yourself, right? right? That's the whole psychosocial component of it, that if you 
say something so many times, you think about something so many times. I've seen people who have spiraled out of control because they've, um, you know, believe convince themselves, convince themselves yeah. that what they have is worse than what they have, and and it, it can be very, very bad, and it can get disastrous. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U anytime. Get that free consultation happening. Email contact as well. Info at paincarecanada.com. Doctor Pain Show Talk Radio AM six forty. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U and info at paincarecanada.com. for both uh, you and Savannah here this morning. You know, you talked about it at length this morning. You know, make sure you do your due diligence and, and work with a good, reputable uh, legal team and a clinic as well. So now, anybody listening or some people listening are going to say, "Okay, how do I find that how person?" How do you find that? Yeah, right. for sure. I mean, you could start by calling either myself or oh, for Savannah, sure. But yeah. but I, I like the question, and for sure, I'll, I'll speak on the clinic side, and then we'll let uh, Savannah speak on the legal side. The one thing that I can tell you is, if you're going to a clinic. And you're telling them that you have a, you were just involved in a car accident and you have some injuries. Number one, they should not be worried about the car accident as much as they're worried about the injuries. Okay, so first and foremost, are they properly assessing you? Right. If they start talking about, oh, okay, you know, there's thirty five hundred dollars care and you're going to start doing massage and you're going to do this, it's like, well, hang on a sec. How do you know what they need with that thirty five hundred dollars care if you haven't even assessed wow. them yet? So that for me, if someone comes into me and says, hey, I've gone in a car accident, what do I say? I say, well, we got to start with an assessment. Let's figure out what's wrong. If there's something wrong, we're going to treat it the right way. We're not just going to treat it with whatever's in these four walls. Because again, if you, if in these four walls is only a physiotherapist, for example, but the majority of the problem that I see is you're maybe uh, experiencing post-traumatic stress. Well, then I think a referral to a psychologist or a social worker is much more warranted. And maybe uh, the majority of that initial right. chunk of money should be going there. So I think that's a big thing. If, you, if you're if you going in somewhere and they're right away talking about, here's what you have to do and they haven't even assessed you, that to me is a red flag. It's like, well, no, assess the person first, figure out what the, the injuries are, what the diagnosis is, and then make the recommendation for treatment based on what the, that diagnosis is. It shouldn't be about whatever their benefit is, the value of their benefit, how much treatment they can get within that, because you shouldn't know that without knowing what the problem is first. So that for me, right off the bat is is a big red flag. Obviously, if you go somewhere and someone says, oh, you know, you know, we split money with with you or this or anything that sounds shady, if your spidey senses are going off, I, I think that's those are all red flags and those are not the people you should be dealing with. You should be going somewhere where their first concern from a healthcare professional standpoint is just simply your care and your health. And and if you feel that that person is most concerned about your health, I think you're in the right place. They're kind of cookie cuttering yep, everybody. Right in, it's wrong. And then once you've gotten into, you know, after the assessment's done and they say, okay, you know, based Based on the eligible um, amount that's available here, I think this is what you need, and I think we should also refer you to this person, and blah blah blah. That's all; those are all good signs. And most people have most people have that gut, gut instinct. Um, and so, you know, I'll let Savan touch on what are the red flags for uh, if you're contacting a lawyer. Yeah, and, and you know, it's very similar to what you're talking about, which is that when people come to me again, you know, if well, not just to me. If you're if you're contacting a lawyer, first of all, do your due diligence. Okay, uh, read up about that person, their experience, uh, reviews, anything you can get your hands on. Okay, very very important. If you go and speak with that lawyer, or you talk to them by phone, email, whatever, and you get a sense that all they care about is just putting that contract, that retainer agreement in front of you, or telling you to pay anything up front. By the way, which big one, right? also should not happen in these kinds of cases. Very few exceptions. You know, those are red signs. The lawyer should be asking you questions, 
in a way similar to what uh, Dr. Payne, to what Luigi has asked, which is, you know, who have you seen? Have there been any assessments? Understand more about your particular situation, your family situation, your financial situation, because without all of these variables, we can't give you proper advice. If all the lawyer cares about is signing you up, you know, the way, uh, you know, you, you know, when you contact a real estate agent and they come to your house and they don't even look at the house, they just, you know, put a contract in front of you, you don't sign up with that person. Yeah. It's a major red flag. You have to feel that they actually take the time and ask you questions, assess your case properly, and then give you the advice and then give you the option of how to proceed, right. not tell you this is what you need to do yeah. because they're, they're not in your shoes. Yeah. Uh, very, very important to understand that. They're not in your shoes. They should not be pressuring you to do anything. And I yeah. guess on your side, it's, uh, you know, right away, I'll get you a million dollars for that injury, no problem. And on your side, it might be like, you know, oh, we'll fix it. You'll be pain free when you're done with yeah, it. You can't re- make those promises. No, you can't make that. You you have to be honest with people and, and give them what the research would suggest for their injuries. Um, another thing that I think relates to both of us here on the red flag issue is there's been people who have come to me, car accident, and then I'll, I'll say to them, you know, I, I believe you should contact Savan. And they may turn turn to me and say, no, you know what? I have another personal injury lawyer that I've dealt with before and they're great. I love them. To my answer to that is no problem. I hear people who say, well, I went, I, I went to, some, I've had patients who have come back to me and said, I was going to some other clinic because when I called this lawyer after my car accident, they said, I have to go to this clinic, wow. have to go. You should never have to go anywhere. If you want to use the clinic that you're using and another personal injury lawyer, you are allowed to do whatever you want. No clinic can tell you, you have to use this lawyer or, and no lawyer can tell you, you have to use this clinic. And that to me is another red flag. And I'm sure you see that, Savannah. I see it all the time and you're absolutely right. And, and I'll tell you, think about this way. If the lawyer is insisting that you go to the clinic they're sending you, why? Exactly. Why? Are, yeah. what, what are they getting out of it? Yeah. They're not just telling you this for their health. Yeah, where's right? the conflict? It's a red, f- 100%, I yeah. agree with you. And yeah. I've seen that countless times. And and the thing is, they, they, they'll trick people into this where they don't, you know, the average person may not realize the conflict of interest. They don't realize the way this industry works. And they just say like, well, I was told that I had to, that it's the way that the insurance world works. I don't have a choice. And it's like, no, no, no. You always have a choice. In fact, and- Lawyers aren't even guilty of that. Sometimes the insurers are guilty of that, where they say, here, go to this clinic. No, that's you are allowed to go to whatever clinic you feel most comfortable in. And so that you can make a recommendation. Anybody can make a recommendation the same. I can recommend Savannah, sure. but I ain't forcing anybody in the same way Savannah's not going to force you to come see me. He may suggest it, but even an insurance company, they're just as guilty of this. And it's not the insurer that, like as a group, but maybe the adjuster right. who says, no, 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 go to this clinic. You don't know what kind of side deals exist. And the things that people do. You have the right. You are the person in charge. You go wherever you like. Maybe if you want to take the advice because you feel your care might be better, your overall claim might be better if you work, that's your choice. But just know that you have a choice. Good for another week, guys. Thank you, Savannah, for uh, coming out to the show today, the Insurance Injury Law Show, also here on Talk Radio AM 640. Till next time, you want to get a hold of uh, Dr. Payne and his team. It is 1-855-55-DR-L-O-U. D-R-L-O-U. Email is info at paincarecanada.com.